welcome to the You Got This podcast. My name is Yasmin and I'm here to help you get through some of those tough life situations that we might not always be fully prepared for. So today on the show, I'm joined by my friend Savannah, who will be discussing her experiences of trauma. Um, I just wanted to say a quick hi to Savannah. So say hi, Savannah. Hi. <laughs> thank you so much for joining me today. Um, thank you so much for sharing your story with me. Um, I feel like this is going to be such a such an empowering kind of conversation for a lot of people and hopefully for yourself as well. Because, you know, I can, I can only imagine that this is going to be quite a difficult topic to talk about. So I really appreciate your presence and, and you coming on the show. So thank you so much for that. No worries. <laughs> Um, before we get started, <clears throat> I, I just wanted to place a quick trigger warning as we will be talking about abuse and the effects of that and Savannah's experiences of that. So yeah, quick trigger warning for that. Um, so to begin the conversation, um, I'm going to hand it over to Savannah, who is going to be telling us about her experiences as a child and how that has affected her life and also how she's managed to overcome this and navigate the feelings that have been accompanied by these experiences. So over to you, Savannah. Thank you. So um, uh, when I was 12, I got groomed and sexually abused by my mother's ex-husband. This abuse lasted for four years. And I would say that led to... um, I'd say throughout my whole teens, just being, I don't know, I'd say rebellious. That's what it looked like on the outside. Yeah. So, you know, when um, when all of this was happening, initially, so yeah. when you were younger, what, what age yeah. did you say again? It was around 12. when it started, 12. Yeah, I was 12. So when, when all that was happening, um, yeah. how did that... How did that make you feel? How did that make you feel when when all of that was going on? Did you kind of understand that something was wrong here or did you just, Um, how did you feel? How did that make you feel? um, It sounds mad, but I kind of, I thought it was normal. Really? Yeah, I thought it was normal. And I suppose that goes in line with the whole grooming process. Yeah. Because it starts off, you know, very subtle. um, Like it was very, you know, give me money here sweets you know that kind of thing and obviously at the time he was my stepdad so I just thought oh you know he's being nice yeah um and then it just escalated from there that was that was my normal at that point so you said that like he I'm assuming he would like give you money and and the sweets like you said so was it like an after kind of thing or was it like a during kind of so after Um, the the horrible events happened did he kind of like try to make peace with you with it by no no, it was like a leading up to kind of thing um it when I say okay it lasted for four years it Mm. wasn't it was very there was a lot of abuse so basically it was like if it wasn't every day it was every other day right okay so this just was that was just my life that was just yeah okay, this is happening you know 
Wow. Um, I'd say that's at 12, that is when I changed completely in school. I just, I became a different person. How do you mean? I, I just wasn't myself. Mm. Um, my relationship with my mum, it just, it was like we were enemies. Really? Yeah. It do was, you think that that came from, do you think the, um, the animosity came from your side or did it come from your mum's side, do you reckon? Um, I can't, I can't really say, you know, mm. I just, it was just a crazy time. Yeah. So did your, did your mum know about what was happening? Yes, yeah, no, so not like at the time. Yeah. But years later, um, I confided in a friend. Okay. And because um, like this friend, she kind of could sense that something just wasn't right. Yeah. So she kind of got me to like open up and I just, one day I just came out with everything. Oh, wow. And what let me know that this isn't normal is her reaction Okay. She was like really distraught. Like she was crying. Really? She was like, no, this is wrong. Like he is a pedophile. Yeah. Like, this shouldn't be happening. Um, and it went from there. I could I personally couldn't even bring myself to tell my mum. Um, but somehow my friend, she kind of told my mum and then I went on the phone to my mum because at this point my mum, she was living in Ghana. Okay. So, yeah, I was just kind of out here on my own. Really? Yeah. So when did your mum move to Ghana? How old were you when she, she moved? She moved, I was, say, 16. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, I was 16. So were you living like, by yourself at this point? Um, I was staying with an aunt, mm-hmm. Um. But that didn't really go too well because of my behavior yeah um obviously as I said from 12 I was a completely different person yeah I already had like a, a criminal record by the time I was let's say 14 okay so I was just on this path of complete destruction yeah like I just felt like I didn't have I didn't I felt like I didn't have anything to live for oh god that's awful so just going back to because we've we've established that you know you've had this very traumatic event happen to you um and then you said that you know when you went when you were at school your behavior kind of deteriorated did you know did you know what you were doing like were you like not to say like did you know what you were doing like you're mad because not that's definitely not what I mean but yeah was it like I want to do this because I need somebody to to take notice that there's something wrong or were you just like I just don't give I don't give one anymore the way I saw it is like okay I'm just a bad bad child like bad I'm just reckless like I'm just committing crimes bunking off of school yeah um yeah I just thought okay this is just me so what was it that kind of went through your head to like what were you thinking what was your thought process to kind of go and and do the things that 
that caused you to have a criminal record? Um, I just genuinely, I genuinely didn't have a care in the world. Okay. I just, whatever, yeah, I just, whatever I wanted to do, I just did it. Yeah. And I used to think, like, as time went on, I used to think, like, why, like, when I started getting caught and stuff like that, hmm. like, I'd be asked, like, why, like, why did you do that? And I couldn't even answer it, but I just thought, just, you know, because I want to. Oh, Okay at the time yeah. yeah so when this was all happening um because you mentioned that everything only really came out when you were 16 yeah um how long was your stepfather in the picture um so um my stepfather at the time him and my mum were friends for a long time they were friends since I was about I'd say maybe two, two years old. Yeah. So they were friends, but they only uh, really got into a relationship when I would say I was between 10 and 11. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, so there wasn't. In the picture. Yeah. Right up until everything came out. Oh, gosh. So they didn't, he didn't, yeah, he, yeah, he sounds like a, not a very nice man, to put it yeah. in the nicest way. Um. Okay, so when you spoke, when you told your mom, what yeah. what happened there? Um, so, like, what was her she, reaction? Sorry, that was a bit of a general. Her question. reaction was, I don't even think she even spoke actual words, but she just let out a big kind of scream. Really like yeah and it like it kind of sounded like she dropped to the floor or something wow and I'd say for me at that point I I don't know why but I just felt like she knew and that this I don't know this was supposed to be happening you know I didn't really realize that anything was wrong until that point yeah yeah okay that's so sad because it's like (laughs) why hasn't why hasn't that conversation been had with you like when you're a a younger child like you know if anybody does something like this to you then you know you need to tell me because it's not right like that should that is definitely something that's definitely a conversation sorry that that really should have been had but it's not it's not me saying that it's not necessarily anything to do with your mum directly because there's 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 how we both know the black community when it comes to things like that we're not good at I say we not I don't think our generation because I think our generation would go and and fuck up a few things but I think our older gen like our parents generation and older than that like if something happened the way that they handle it is 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 quite strange. Yeah, you know I mean, definitely. like their pride is is a lot more important, or the name of their yeah. family, or just keeping face is a lot more important than actually protecting their own. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's all about kind of you know saving face and yeah. Know, and if, if things like that do happen, it kind of gets you know pushed under the carpet yeah yeah 100% and yeah. it 
I don't understand. I've never understood that. Um, yeah. Because I still don't understand it. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense because I'm, um, you know, sometimes you have to kind of play devil's advocate with some things, but with something like something like this, I'm like, nah, I can't see, I can't see the benefit of not saying anything, or I can't see your side of it or anything like that. So it, it is quite bizarre. But like when when all of this was happening before before obviously your mom found out, did you did you feel any kind of weight? Well. I suppose you wouldn't because you said that you thought it was normal but did you feel any kind of way towards your mom um not really the only, the, I, I suppose I say I, I felt numb yeah I felt numb because I'd say it was obviously as well as all of this I started to smoke um when I was 12 um what, like he weed introduced or... me I started smoking cigarettes oh, okay oh um, man that's just crazy. school yeah and then um he actually introduced me to weed really um yeah and cocaine what yeah what the fuck sorry that was the natural that what the hell yeah i know right okay sorry i'm gonna get back into professional mode now sorry but that's that's crazy (laughs) yeah that is is fucked up it is yeah so I was I was smoking weed obviously he'd introduced me to the cocaine obviously he like said here try some of that um yeah I tried it and how old were you when you started like taking these these drugs were you still like 12 13 or I wasn't taking like the cocaine but I was definitely smoking weed right okay but I'd okay. say the weed, um, like it, like got to a point where, like, my mum, she knew obviously that she found out that I'd been smoking and stuff. Mm. So because she knew this, when I'd come home from school, she would like search me, check my pockets and oh, wow. stuff like that. And I remember this one particular time, she found weed, um, and he actually said to me, "Don't worry." Um, he actually got the weed from her, emptied it into like another bag or something and then replaced the weed that I had with like some sort of, you know, like mixed herbs or yeah, seasoning. Like some some oregano green. or something. Yeah, yeah. and okay. then gave me back the weed. the weed. Yeah. What was this guy on? Like, Yeah, very... Okay right horrible horrible is is a very diplomatic way of saying that's putting it nicely yeah definitely (laughs) right okay so so when when like um you told your friend and you told your mom yeah what were the kind of feelings that because obviously you had identified okay raw this is actually not right um what were there any kind of feelings that you experienced that you experienced at that time that you obviously wouldn't have experienced before because you said that you were quite numb to everything that was happening or did what Um, what were your feelings when when you know that came that came about um I'd say it was kind of a very unreal feeling Mm. it was like I wasn't there but I was there 
Yeah. I was kind of just, I just got, I'd say my, obviously I was behaving badly before, but then it just got really, really, really bad. Yeah. I suppose like, correct me if I'm wrong, but was there like a sense of anger? Yeah. Yeah. Do you yeah, think that kind of was... contributed to like the things that had happened afterwards? Like the the actions that you had taken afterwards? Um, yeah, most definitely. I was very I was very angry. Mm. And obviously that showed in my in my behaviour. Yeah. So I can I can definitely understand. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. to, to have something like that happen to you at such a young age and then to kind of be manipulated in that way by somebody who yeah. is essentially supposed to protect you, I'd be pissed off too. Like I'd yeah. be raging as well. So, you know, that that feeling, like I can completely empathise with you feeling that way. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So, did anybody else know? So, you know, when like you told your mom, did she keep it to herself or did she let other people know? Like other people um, in your family. Sorry. I'm not too. Uh, I'm not too sure. Obviously, the aunt that I was staying with, um, she got told, mm. um, and then it kind of. I don't know if you know how black families. You tell someone something, and then within half an hour, it's spread oh like wildfire. So, gosh, I know that all yeah, too well. Was, <laughs> yeah, it was, but it's like it was very. It was a very strange situation. Yeah, I felt. I I did feel kind of very isolated. Why? Why did you feel isolated? Like, what was it that? kind of made you feel that way um I think like my family they didn't know really how to deal with it yeah I don't know they just I had my grandma um she obviously found out and then she went to the police station okay and like reported it and stuff um at that point um I had like a detective or something come over to my aunt's house and was trying to talk to me mm-hmm. but I think I was in like a place of denial like no like this isn't happening this didn't happen to me kind of thing I wasn't yeah ready to even talk about it yeah so that was very I just felt I don't know I did feel kind of um betrayed um by my family because there was like other family members like talking to police and stuff like that and they didn't really have that much involvement in my life yeah so they're so like, I felt like hold on getting involved um, yeah like I felt like hold on this is something that's happened to me mm. and I felt like a big pressure to speak to the police yeah so I feel I just completely I completely just kind of shut off and I was just smoking so much weed Mm. I'd lost um, a lot of weight. Mm. I used to weigh like, I don't know, 17, 16, 17 stone. Mm. And I'd say I lost about 
four to five stone in a space of I'd say seven months wow so yeah it was very drastic and then because of that um I had family members thinking that I was on like like more hardcore drugs okay I was just smoking weed yeah so so would you say that you weren't really like looking after yourself in no not at all yeah I was not looking after myself like was it just the weed that you were just smoking and pretty much that's it like you weren't really eating right or literally I wasn't eating at all wow I used to survive on just drinks as long as I the way I lived is like as long as I've got my weed and yeah. I've got something to drink yeah then I'm good Rizla, then, <laughs> yeah you know I'm, I'm good this is me like, what do I what do I need food for yeah yeah that's mad how I feel I find it so like fascinating but not in a not to romanticize anything how like yeah. one like one event yeah. when I say event it doesn't need to be one instance but one event can just change your brain how your brain works completely yeah completely like it's so crazy how how that can happen but I'm glad that there are ways of kind of getting out of that when when you need to or when you work hard enough to, to try and get out of that um okay so just moving on to like because you said that you know you you started doing crime and or committing crimes yeah. and things like that so what age what age did you say again you were when you committed your first crime okay so my first um I'd say running that I had like with the police mm. um I was about 13 okay and in school um we used to have like um art so we'd have like art lessons and stuff mm. and in the art lessons we would have to make stuff like with clay and things like that yeah obviously they would have knives oh gosh and, okay uh, <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> you can see where I'm going with yeah this. Um, yeah yeah so like on a in the class um I was sitting around just talking with my friends and we started talking about knives and you know where's the best place to if you really want to hurt someone where's the best place to you know stab them and stuff like that wow so that obviously was a conversation. Um, then we took it a step further um, and we all decided to put a knife in our bags. Oh my gosh. We put, so, and obviously we did, I, I was completely oblivious. I just thought, yeah, left the class, went on about my day. And I'd say I got into my, my next lesson and then I got pulled in by my head of year. Mm. And I couldn't understand it because obviously in my head I hadn't done anything wrong. Mm. So I pulled it, I was pulled into her office and then she was like, right, empty your bag right now. Mm. Um, so she, I gave her my bag and she just opened it. And I obviously, you know, the just do it bags. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she just literally t- opened it, tips it right like upside down on the table. Mm. Books came out, bam, there was a knife. Oh my god. And that's so when, when that kind happened, of hit me. Yeah. okay. Oh, that's exactly what I was going to ask. Like, when, when she saw the knife and you saw the knife, like, did anything? It just clicked in your head. Like, yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm in so much trouble. And all I could think about was the trouble yeah. that I was going to be in with my mom. Yeah, I didn't yeah. care about anything else. Yeah, it was just like. No, I think a lot of people would do tr- that. To be honest, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and obviously, 
I didn't know at the time, but the conversation that I was having with my friends during the art lesson, the teacher had noted everything down. I knew it. <laughs> I knew that. Yeah, that was she had happen. noted everything down. So it was conversations like, oh, yeah, stabbed them in the, in the leg. And then, you know, I can't remember if it was me or somebody else, but it was like, no, might as well do it in the heart. Whoa. Like, really? these were the, like this was the conversation that we had. And it was just, like, looking back, I just think, what? Why? Yeah. But if like, you're numb to stuff. To talk about? Yeah. If you're numb to stuff, then that would just be, like, a, com- a normal... Not to say, like... Not to say that, like, you're thinking that you would think you were thinking about that sorry regularly but yeah. just the context of the conversation that would have probably been just normal to you yeah really, it was it? very matter of fact, fact yeah. yeah just casual so when she tipped out the knife what happened she said right okay um her face was just thinking like shock complete shock like she was no longer like I realized she was no longer looking at me as a school child. She was looking at me like I'm a criminal. Oh wow! So um, obviously our parents got called um, to the school. Uh, we got immediately um, I won't say expelled. Um, what's the other suspended? Word? Suspended, yeah, yeah, like for a few days, and then obviously during the time that I was suspended we had to attend the police station, the local police station Mm. and sit with, so it was me, the other girls that were involved. I went to all girls school Mm. and their parents. So, and we sat there and the policeman kind of spoke to us about, you know, knives and the danger and stuff like that. Mm. And, um, obviously it was all very serious like our parents were all very straight faced like yeah well we were in serious trouble yeah um me um do you know like throughout like halfway through the meeting I just burst out laughing I couldn't stop oh gosh do you think they're laughing do you think that that was because you were nervous or do you do you know why you burst out I have no idea I completely I just Maybe, maybe it was because I was nervous. But yeah. At the same time, I didn't really care. I didn't care about the police or yeah. what they were going to do. It was about my mum sitting next to me. Yeah. Giving me evils. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, even, like, the other girls, they were looking at me like, are you really, like, doing this? Like, yeah, really. really oh, my gosh. Like I had another friend that she kind of tried to laugh, but her mum just spoke to her through gritted teeth and, and she just stopped. was gone. Oh <laughs> but me, God. on the other hand, I would just continued. Yeah. Oh my goodness. What a situation. Yeah, so oh like, my God, what a situation to be in. I know. And obviously, that was just the first of, of many. Yeah. Um, luckily, there wasn't. Um, we didn't get any charges, we didn't get arrested or anything. I think they kind of wanted to give us like a scare. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it didn't didn't really phase me. Gosh. So after that then, like yeah. what did you do? Because if, if something something as big as that, I'm assuming like your friends didn't really talk about that kind of stuff anymore, maybe, or 
No, we just completely, yeah, we didn't talk about, obviously, when, once we got back to school, um, obviously, like, we spoke about it, and they was like, no, like, Savannah, how could you laugh? Like, you're really? brave. Really? And I was just like, yeah, you know, like, it's nothing, whatever, whatever. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and that was that. That is mad. It is. So, okay, let's, um, so let's fast forward a little bit. Yeah. So was it quite frequently that, you know, after, after school finished, was it quite frequently that those kind of things were happening? So not necessarily to do with the knife, but I mean, like, your interactions with the police, were they quite frequent or? Yeah. I got to a stage, I'd say, um, because obviously I started commit actually committing crimes while I was in school. So okay. When I say I was in school, I was literally in school uniform. Oh wow! And that's okay. because I was bunking off. So but what I would do, I'd go to school, sign mm. in, whatever, mm. and then walk right back out like with my friends. Okay. And then we would just go off and smoke or steal from shops and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay, so when when was your first like? Have you? I'll just ask her because there's no there's no like nice nice way for me to ask this. Have you ever been arrested? Yes. Okay, so when was the first time that you were arrested? The first time I was arrested, um, I think I was about fourteen. Really? I think fifteen. Yeah. Um. Basically. I can't remember if it was before. I think it was before school. Could have been after. Mm. I decided, um, yeah, let's go and rob this girl for her phone. Okay. And obviously, this girl she was from another school. Okay. Um, obviously, I um, the group of friends that I had it was me and I'd say four other girls. Yeah. And um, we were just like the known as the naughty ones. Okay. So anything bad that happened at school, we were instantly, basically, they put the blame on us. Even Sometimes it wasn't even us, but... Yeah, it was there. It was, yeah, like, it was bad. I wouldn't say um, we were a gang, but it got to the point we started calling ourselves The Batch. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, yeah, um, I decided it was always my idea to to rob this girl well attempt to rob this girl for her phone um when I say attempt it didn't actually happen because a member of the public got involved okay um and because of that we attacked him as okay. well as the girl yeah so I'd say um that was the first time hmm. um obviously after that incident we didn't go back to school yeah. we just went about our you know bunking off yeah um and then I got calls from people at school to say basically we're in big trouble and that there's warrants out you know for your arrest yeah so um I'd say the next morning um the police came to my house okay like I was getting ready for school Hmm. police came basically said you're under arrest um got taken to the police station um and then well, yeah I was in the cells and stuff like that and to be interviewed 
I was eventually charged. And yeah, that's just how it went. Gosh, that is crazy. How how old would you say that you were when all of when that happened? Sorry. Fourteen. Fourteen. Okay, yeah, fourteen, yeah. you did say. Wow. That is crazy. But it at this crazy. time, like you're still very, very young. And obviously because yeah. of the first time what, what you mentioned about like the, the incident with the school and the knife, did that yeah. did that phase you? Or were you still very much like, no, I'm not really uh again the only thing I was worried about is what my mum was gonna do because mm. like when I when because obviously when you're at that age you have to have like a an appropriate adult to come before you even get interviewed oh gosh so I had to wait um for my mum to come so by the time my mum came um I remember I was standing next to, I'm I'm in school uniform and I again I started trying to laugh and my mum just turned to me and she said you better not because she said I'll beat you police station or no police station <laughs> you're getting it like, wherever we are <laughs> yeah yeah like <laughs> so then I just I stopped um but yeah so that that gave you a criminal record I assume yeah okay so after that after school finish, you've told your mom, you've told your friend, you've told your mom about what happened to you when you were younger. Yeah. The the anger's kicking in. So what what was happening? What was going through your mind when you're when you were making the moves that you were making after after the um the conversation you had with your mom and and your family's getting involved and all that kind of stuff because I can imagine like because even though you feel portrayed yeah you must you you might feel as though the the anger is just gonna be festering more because again people are not necessarily from what it sounds like to me yeah obviously definitely correct me if I'm wrong um the people again who are supposed to be protecting you they're making it about themselves so they're not really in, yeah it's not about you it's about them yeah just kind of making yeah. noise so yeah that, definitely am I, am I right in thinking that 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 made you even more frustrated more more angry yeah I was very angry but I'd say obviously the anger had had started from in school but obviously yeah. I didn't know but it was just bubbling under the surface yeah okay so I was very very angry yeah and that's that's completely understandable because there's a lot there was a you're you're still young at that point like really young and you've had too much stuff go on yeah for such a young person yeah so it's like like I say big feelings for a small body do you know what I mean and that doesn't necessarily just I've I personally feel like that doesn't just stop with kids like under tens because yeah you're still growing at the end of the yeah. at the end of the day like even when you're a teenager your brain is still developing so yeah, to definitely. have something that massive happen to such a a young a young mind a young person it's devastating absolutely devastating. Yeah, it, it really was you know and it's 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 just um there's no there's no words really there's no words to kind yeah. of you can't just see (laughs) I'm speechless like I don't I don't know what to there's nothing to say 
Do you know what I mean? So literally, yeah. There's nothing to say. So like when you were young, you were a younger adult, so like 16 to 17. Yeah. No, sorry, 16 to 18. Um, mm-hmm. what was happening? What was going on with you then? Okay, so 16. So um, you know, I said like my mum, she moved to Ghana. Yes. Initially, I actually went okay. over there. Um and then this obviously this was before everything came out. Right, okay. So I spent about I'd say just over a month. Yeah. Um and but during that time, um her ex-husband was actually saying, you know, get your mum to send you back. Hang on. <laughs> so yeah. hold on. Yeah. What? <laughs> Why? For what yeah. reason? Don't know. So were you still So I I was putting like pressure on my mum to say no, I you know, I don't want to be here. Um I spent a lot of time locked up in my room oh, while really? I was there. Um yeah, and then I actually started working over there okay yeah so I'd say that was a very good experience for me okay um I worked in a in a hotel and okay. kitchen so nice that was a very very good experience um but apart from that it was very it was gloomy yeah so I wanted to I want to touch on like how that made you like what what was the good experience but I just want to go back to what you said earlier um about your your mom's ex-husband saying that you need to come back so throughout this whole period so if I'm prying tell me Yasmin now do one but when did your mom and him break up they broke up just before um just before she moved to Ghana right okay yeah okay and but were were they still in contact or was he just in contact with you I believe they were still in contact right okay so had you been in contact had he been in any kind of maybe infrequent or frequent contact with you during this time so like say for example like 14 up until like 18 um the contact stopped when I was 16 right okay and um so when he said oh you need to come back yeah why why did you say why were you putting on pressure on your mom to go back um well part of me didn't want to live in Ghana yeah I because obviously all I knew was London and I you know all I cared about was my friends and stuff yeah it was very it was a big shock to my system yeah so that was a factor um but he insisted like you know just get on just just talk to your mum get her to send you back and it got to the point that I think my mum she kind of just said you know what go on go really was it was it do you think that was like um due to like the pressure that you were putting on your mum I think so, because I literally, apart from me obviously going to work, um, I would literally just be in my room. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, so when you did go back, did he yeah. try and get in touch with you? Yeah. So what happened there? Um, nothing really. Like, obviously, when I when I moved back, I went to stay with my aunt. Yeah. So this is the aunt I was talking about. I went yeah. to stay with her. So I was there. Um, and I was spending a lot of time like, with my friends and stuff like that. Okay, but he never tried to get in touch with you when you came back? Yeah, no, he did. Okay. Yeah. Like, what What did he really have to say? Like, what? I don't understand why he would want to... Will you tell me? Like, what, what he was, was he very? Like? He was a very sick and disturbed man. Really? That's what I'd say. Yeah. yeah, we don't need to get into details with that one then. <laughs> I will yeah. I will I won't pry on that one. Okay. But um did his contact stop once you had once you had told your mom or was it um when your family had started like going to the police, like when your nan went to the police? Mm, no. Um the contact actually when I um told my mum. Mm. immediately straight after I got a phone call from him to say why are you lying of course he said that yeah God. and then so, you what did what was that conversation like like were you like I'm not no, like said, this no, I'm not. yeah I said no this is out yeah this is what's you know this is what's been happening oh, so sure I can't I can't even say what I want to say <laughs> but that, that is very incorrect that's, the, that's yeah. the best way I can kind of articulate that yeah so after that conversation did he even try and contact you again because sometimes just from what I've seen and other kind of stories that I've heard they'll try and like plead for you to kind of be like no you're ruining my life and da 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 da, da. very illogical um, but that's the kind of thing that I've seen happen before. He tried to insist on that, you know, that I was lying. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that it wasn't. But I think that because of my behaviour, mm. obviously everyone else, they they didn't believe, obviously, what he was saying because it just kind of, it all kind of made sense. Yeah. So did he go to jail? Yes. Is he still in jail? No. So um, I eventually, because um, obviously, you know, I said I didn't want to go to the police. Like, yeah. Eventually, um, because basically uh, he has a son with my mum. Obviously, okay. my brother. Yeah. Um, I thought about, you know, obviously my, my brother, he was like a toddler. Yeah. Um at this stage um I kind of thought about you know the future mm. so I kind of agreed that I'll go and speak to the police for okay. my brother okay yeah. so yeah so okay. um yeah I went I went to the police and I had like a an interview it was recorded and stuff like that mm. um they also did, I had to get uh, evidence 
Um, so the only evidence I can say was that um, he used to send me money into my bank account. Oh, okay. So they kind of used that to say, okay, you know, why is he, why has he been, you know, sending her money like mm, this? Mm. So, yeah. Okay. So how, if you don't mind me asking, how long did he go to jail for? Okay. Um, I can't, I know that he was sentenced to eight years. Okay. Um, but you know, this country, the justice system. Good behaviour, though. Yeah. Half of that. So mm. he actually only did four years. And wow. I think he had like maybe five to six years on license. So basically, uh, that would mean, you know, if he committed enough crime, yeah. he would go back to prison. Yeah, and straight away. Yeah. Wow, four years. That's That's nothing. That is nothing. Four years, sorry, <laughs> it's just like what a piss take. I know. Like, I'm sure people get more, I'm sure people get more for like drugs, or you know, yeah, they like, do definitely. That's disgusting. What the yeah, fuck? No, that's so bad, <sighs> right? So how did you feel when you heard that he came out or did you hear that he came out or at at this right time with um I don't know if it's for all crimes but I know in my situation Mm. I was assigned a victim liaison officer okay so right from the beginning to when he was released um um, basically I had to you know speak to her and I'd have to let her know where I'm living um, mm-hmm. So that when he does come out, he's not allowed to basically go into that area. Right. Okay. So um, obviously, when I found out that he got released, obviously I was made aware and had to like basically update my address and stuff to make mm-hmm. sure that he know, wasn't. He can't come into the area, and you know, mm-hmm. I won't bump into him. Yeah. How did you feel when you heard that he had come out? I felt angry. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just didn't think that's not that's not long enough. Yeah, of course. No way near. Basically got a slap on the wrist. Yeah. Piss take. Absolute. Yeah. Absolute piss take. But, you know, we have to... I'm glad that you've... Well, we'll get into what I'm glad about in a moment. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um... So, you told me a little bit about, um, like your your experiences once you were older. So when it yeah. comes to like the the crimes and things like that. So, mm-hmm. what was the peak of of those specific experiences for you? So when I say specific experiences, I'm talking solely about the crimes. So what was the 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 worst moment or the most <laughs> impactful <laughs> yeah um okay I'd say um because I obviously my behavior was just it just escalated it just completely got 
so out of control mm. the school couldn't manage it yeah um, I'd say it came at school it came to a head so I didn't actually finish year 11 okay. I got um, expelled at the beginning of year 11 mm. and that was due to there was an incident basically obviously in my group of friends um, they basically we'd found out that another girl had slept with my friend's man oh jesus yeah oh my god (laughs) you know because we were this you know bad batch of girls that yeah yeah we're just bad and whatever Mm. we took it upon ourselves to go into a class um into a lesson so yeah teachers like teaching and everything we went straight in and we just started beating her up and obviously the teachers the teachers got involved um the teacher got in my way so yeah I not proud to say but I attacked her okay um I know there was like I'd say two teachers that got hurt um, wow by me and my group and that was like the worst but so we got um arrested charged um, and then eventually it went to trial. Okay. So I had my um, I had a f- my first trial at the age of fifteen. Wow. Yeah. And then I learned obviously during that time that um, the other girls who I thought you know were my friends they actually tried to put all of the blame on me. Oh God. Yeah. So I learned, <laughs> I learned I learned you know that not everyone is your friend like. It's, it's true I do say everybody's a dickhead until proven otherwise and yeah. unfortunately I'm not pro I'm not proven otherwise a lot of the time so oh that is so shit yeah so what happened when they all because they snitched basically like what yeah. what did they what happened to you well, it's not I wouldn't say complete snitching but you've kind of tried to instead shifted of, the blame yeah you tried to kind of yeah, it's all her. Yeah. She's the ringleader. Because obviously that's what I was known as. I was the ringleader. That's mad. Most of the, most of the thing, because obviously the, the things that I'm talking about is obviously the crimes that I've been caught for. There was a lot of other things that I wasn't caught for. Mm. So, yeah, um, it was a trial. Um, the outcome was, obviously I'd already been expelled from school. Um, so... I ended up, I think they do like um like community orders. Hmm. But I actually was, my solicitor did tell me that I'm actually looking at, you know, prison time. Flipping egg. Yeah. So did did that happen then? No, luckily. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. So I think I did they have this thing like they have like a it's called um so they it's kind of like probation but for kids. Yeah. So for youths. So okay. you know, like the youth offending team. Yeah. Like you have to go there every week or every two weeks and it's talk to them and they get you to kind of see where you went wrong and stuff like that. Did that help you at the time? Nope. Okay. <laughs> All right then. <laughs> yeah, no. I will say the trial, I think hearing that, okay. I think it's the trial that made it more serious because mm. I didn't really take it serious. 
yeah, I yeah. just thought, yeah. Then then I heard like, okay, right, this is going to try it. I thought, oh my gosh. And then obviously my solicitor, she kept on saying because I because of it because it was a trial, mm. I had to keep going for meetings with her. Okay. So I could actually go through everything and get the story straight. Yeah. So there was like, and she kept on saying, right, you're you're looking at going to a place called Medway. Ooh, really? Um, yeah. So um obviously I I was um I was worried about that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Blow my neck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. It is a lot. And again, you're still only fifteen. Mm-hmm. That's no age. I know. And then right. again, at um, I'll say around the age of fifteen, I actually started carrying a knife. Did you? Yeah. I remember, I said it was like a little flick knife. Nothing compared to what the youth are carrying these. Yeah. Little flick out. Did you carry that for protection, or did you carry that because you're like, I'm gonna use this shit if anybody kind of steps to me? Or if I want um, to. I would say at first it was more like a novelty to me. Really? Just like, yeah, this is what I carry. That's crazy. Yeah. And then then um as time went on, it was a protection thing. Yeah. I thought, you know what? If someone tries it, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. coming out. Yeah. Wow. So Right, so I'm, it's a little bit off topic, but I need to know what happened with your friends after, because after doing all of that, yeah. like, what the fuck? I'm not talking, I'm talking to them in a certain kind of way, because how are you going to shift all the blame on me like that yeah. when they were getting couple thumps in as well? So what what happened? Like, did you see them again or? Um, well, I'll say one um, that I was really close to, um, what I would class her, like, she was my best friend, like, mm. We went to primary school and secondary school together. Okay. So, like, literally, if you saw me, she was there. Yeah. Like, we were just, like, you know, like, batty and bent. Yeah. Um, we we remained close, but the others, they just... I don't, to be honest, I don't, need, I don't know what really happened to them. But you didn't... You didn't go after them or nothing like that? Or didn't no. want to? I didn't... I, I don't know I just didn't really I didn't obviously I didn't talk to them yeah because there was nothing that I could say yeah there was nothing to say yeah like how dare you after all the things that you know we've done Mm. like this is not what you do yeah but everybody's out for themselves isn't they yeah because obviously I like during that like the whole being interviewed and stuff by police mm. I strictly went with I mainly did no common interviews okay and obviously I was being told that I'll get pulled to the side of like my this I would whisper in my ear and say you know the other girls mm. have basically said this you oh my god so but I still I just I just held it no, that's that's commendable because 
the rage <laughs> I would have experienced. Yeah, I would have had to. Have, they would have had to lock me up there and then because I would have been, I would have been hitting everyone. The rage, but no, yeah. uh, uh, that is so commendable, especially at a young age as well to kind of hold it down like that. Like, yeah, it, it really is because. Oh, anyway, so <laughs> okay, so let's get into like I want to kind of move forward into yeah. um, your kind of adult years and the yeah. transition kind of period because you know you've frankly you've been you went through a bag of shit like there's yeah it was that's the, that even like the stuff that I've just discussed that's just yeah. like the tip a quarter or half of really what happened yeah oh my god yeah that is crazy. I can't get over it that. Is crazy. That is crazy. So have you have you ever been to jail? Okay. I wouldn't call it jail. Yeah. Um, but it's isn't there a difference? Like a young, isn't there a difference there between difference. jail and prison? Um, I'm not too sure about that, but I know that depending on your age, there's different mm. places that you'll be right. sent to. Right, okay. Okay, so when I was about, yeah, I was still 16, mm. um, borderline 17. Mm-hmm. So I, it got to the point where I was just like, just living, I was living with my friend at the time. Mm-hmm. And I, I was just committing crimes. Yeah. After crimes. And it did, and obviously the difference was with the, these crimes it was survival yeah and when I say that it's because um when I moved to when I came back from Ghana Mm -hmm. um I was back before I left my mum said you can go Mm -hmm. or you're on your own wow and that I'd say that really stuck with me yeah um so I just thought okay if I need anything I can't go to anyone Mm-hmm. I'm literally on my own so if there was a point that I was hungry or whoever I was with was hungry my solution was crime yeah go and rob someone like go and rob the shop like yeah that was just my that was my mindset at the time yeah so I would say um yeah, I was about, yeah, 16. Um, decided that, you know, I wanted some food, didn't have any money. Mm-hmm. So I went out on the high street and I just picked, I just picked a woman, I picked someone. And really? I started, yeah, so I followed her for a bit. And then I obviously, I made my move and I started trying to rob her. Um, she started screaming. Mm. And then she ran out because obviously I followed her down like a side road. Right. She ran back out onto the main road. My mistake was trying to chase her. Okay. Um, at that moment, a big like bully van like oh. just came. What? They jumped out. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, they jumped out. Like immediately, like obviously dragged me up and stuff. Oh, no. so obviously she was like 
crying and she and saying what I did and I was like no like she's lying like what are you talking about uh, really yeah I was very like do you know actress like <laughs> like yeah I was just very like no that obviously, did not happen the, yeah I got obviously I got put in the 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 van mm. arrested um yeah and then I remember I actually obviously I knew I was going to the cells and I thought I had my phone on me I thought I wonder if there's a way I can because you know they take everything away from me mm. I wonder if there's a way I can get my phone into the cell mm-hmm. so in the back of the van I put my phone in my bra yeah obviously I knew I was going to be um like they do like a metal detector thing yeah he wants to book you in and stuff but so they did that mm-hmm. so what's that she did it over like my bra mm-hmm. And I was like, and it obviously it kept going off. And I was like, she's like, what's that? And I goes, oh, you know, the underwire on my bra. Yeah. And obviously it was a woman police yeah. officer. So she was like, oh, okay. So I put it in the cell. And then I remember I was actually making calls yeah. from in my cell. Wow. And texting to say, look, I've been, I've been nicked. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not coming out. And I, I remember my friends, they didn't even believe me. Because <laughs> obviously you wouldn't think. Yeah. somebody's going to be arrested and got their phone in the cell yeah true 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 so, so how long were you in there for then I think I was kept I think I was kept for like a weekend oh no really I think I was kept because I had a history of basically when you commit a crime and mm. they have once they finish interviewing and stuff they mm. either give you bail or choose not to give you bail so at this point because I had like not returned to bail Mm. like on previous occasions Mm. they actually said nope no bail we're gonna hold you until you go to court so obviously I was held over the weekend Mm. um yeah so I was held and I went to court um then I was able to get bail so I was let out um Again, I didn't go back to, I didn't go back. Um, Because obviously I was saying I didn't do it, I didn't do it, whatever. Mm. Um, Eventually they caught up with me. And they, they, I don't think they wanted to give me bail, but I got charged. Um, I was given a a community order. Mm -hmm. But because I was just so like such a rebel I mm. just didn't go to the like the the youth offending team I wasn't I was missing the appointments mm. so once that happens like if it keeps on happening I think they give you like three chances or something mm. so I've blown all my chances um then they finally caught up with me mm-hmm. um they held me um until it was time to go to court mm-hmm so I was thinking, oh, you know what? I can't wait to get out of here. Thinking of the things I want to do once I'm out. Mm-hmm. Went into the courtroom. Um, the judge said, you're remanded. And he, like, I think once he said remanded, mm. I didn't hear the rest of what yeah. he was saying. I was yeah. like, oh, like my heart sunk. I was thinking, no. Like, mm. so basically I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go home. Like yeah. I'm not, gonna, not that I had a home at the time, but I'm not yeah. getting out of here. I'm not going to see my friends, you know, mm. I'm gonna get to smoke and stuff like that. Mm. Like, 
So I was just, I just, I was just distraught. So I was brought into back to the cells to wait until the the people came to transport me. So it was like a a kiddie prison. So it was a step down from a young offenders hmm. institution. So they put like children, like teenagers, like if you're under 16, Hmm. they put them in this place. And I remember I just cried the whole journey. Yeah. The whole journey I cried. And this place was in a place called Rugby. Wow, that's far. Yeah. (laughs) That's far. I know. Like, I cried the whole way. Oh, no. Um, Yeah, I knew... I knew that um, I knew that I wasn't going to be getting out of it, and I knew that I can't go in there crying. Yeah, yeah. Because if I go in there crying, I'm going to be a victim. Yeah, and that can't happen. Yeah, so yeah. I just sucked it up, just held it, went through um, like the booking in process. Mm. Um, yeah, like they go through like forms and like. They, they check to see like what um if you've got any like distinctive scars or you know tattoos piercings hmm. anything so like just in case you escape like you can be identified yeah wow so I went through all of that strip search everything um obviously once I got uh once I got onto the the unit hmm. so they have like a special remand unit yeah um so I was placed there um, I got into my room and I just broke down. I cried. I cried my eyes out. God. I literally cried my eyes out. So, like, obviously wow. that that lasted. And then, obviously, when I would go, come out of, like, the cell, I would be fine, put on brave face, mm. very tough. Yeah. Like... Oh, because I was tested like immediately in there. Really? Yeah, it's very, it's like that. Wow. Because obviously, people that like they want to see who they can mess with, who they can pick on, yeah, they can mess with. So obviously, I I completely let it be, let my like my presence be known that no, that's yeah. not what's about to happen. Oh gosh! And obviously, I was the eldest. Really, I was the eldest there. Yeah, so I was I was sixteen. What mm. two days after me getting in there, I turned seventeen. Okay. Yeah, so I had my I had my seventeenth birthday there, which was very strange. And I can imagine that's quite horrible. surreal. Like it was horrible. Yeah. Because they celebrate like they celebrate your birthday. What really? They put yeah, it was really weird. Like they had like I don't know some sort of snacks and stuff. So you had like all these like strangers celebrating my birthday and I didn't know any of them oh my god really it was it was really strange that's a bit weird (laughs) that's that's a bit odd it was it was very weird Mm, obviously I made friends and stuff like that yeah Um, yeah well I was there for about a month okay until my next court right okay so during that month what were yeah. the what kind of feelings were you navigating was were you feeling as though this ain't this ain't the life for me I'm if when I come out I'm not doing this no more or were you 
were you just on survival mode like I just need to focus on getting out of surviving in here and getting out of here um I was already on I was already in survival mode yeah and I'd say I was in been in survival mode for so many years like mm. so and I'm the kind of person that I I can adapt very easily mm. um so obviously like you know I said I was just I was balling like mm. Obviously, in my room, go in my mm. room, be balling, mm. come out brave faced, very mm. tough. Like, so, yeah, I feel like my crying didn't last that long. Okay. Um, yeah, I kind of learned to adapt. I thought, okay, I can either sink or swim. Yeah. So, I kind of, as much as I didn't um, allow anyone to trouble me, mm. I was very well behaved. Okay. Because I was like, I was the eldest on the unit. Yeah. So I was very well behaved. Jeez. Um, yeah, it was, it was very, I, I think for me, I opened my eyes because I was with children that were there for like attempted murder. murder. What? Really? Really. <laughs> really. And if you ever see like the kind of like girls that were there and that had done or allegedly done these crimes you'd think what really what look did like, they look like mad innocent this is not yeah really wow <laughs> wow like the way like they would talk about it, it was just like it was just nothing really yeah gosh there's a whole world that like people just don't know about like when when you're talking to me now like yeah it's it even though I've heard of these kind of things before because I'm actually talking to someone in real life about Mm. it it's like it's like I'm hearing it for the first time do you know what I mean yeah it's so so mad to hear this kind of story yeah it was really mad like even the, the the things that happened that I saw in there like obviously girls were like we're very kind of catty yeah very sly so like things like would happen I remember there was a situation um there was two girls like I think they may have been friends at one point Mm. one let the other one borrow uh I think mascara or something Mm. and um I think she didn't give it back when the girl Mm. asked Mm. So the girl just calmly, I just thought, oh, nothing's going to come of it. The girl calmly, she went into her room, she came back, and then she just started kicking the living daylights out of this girl. Jeez. Like, it was crazy. And then in in retaliation, the girl actually went and put, um, I think it might be bleach or some sort of cleaning liquid in the other girl's hair gel. Really? Because this girl, she was like the kind of girl that would like put like loads. She would like put slick loads of gel. Down. Yeah. Not slick. Okay. She would put loads of gel in her hair and scrunch it so it goes kind of like wavy, kind of. Oh, okay. Yeah. But it would be like rock hard. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, like, there was other girls saying, telling her not to do it. I was just looking at, oh my gosh. Like, yeah, just stay this out. This is bit. crazy. <laughs> yeah, just stay out. <laughs> yeah, because at the same time, I didn't want to add to my charges. I didn't want to. Yeah, of course. I just, I wanted to just be out. Mm. But I would say I adapted very well to being in there. Yeah. 
yeah, I did a lot of reading. Um, I used to work out at night, mm. like just in the cell. Um, I even joined. I started um, doing like um, they used to do like have clubs and stuff. So I did mm. boxing. Okay. Just to keep, obviously, I would do things that I know would get me off of the unit. Yeah. Because I'd say that environment can be, you know, too many females. Oh, yeah. I can only imagine. It was a lot. So when you came out, um, Mm -hmm. so after, you know, your next court date, what happened after that? Um, So I got another community order. Mm. And... um, Obviously, I followed that. Mm-hmm. I followed that because I was thinking, I don't want to. I ain't doing that again. <laughs> yeah, like I, yeah. I want to be out on, just on yeah. the street. Like, yeah. I don't want to be locked up. Yeah. So, how did you feel? Because even though it was a month, you know, a month can go mm. very quickly, a month could go very slowly. But I'm sure that um, while you, whilst you were in there, it was a very sobering kind of experience so yeah. how did you feel when you came out like did you feel like I'm not doing this I'm not doing this shit anymore like I'm getting no no it just kept no. did you just kind of carry on <laughs> yeah like I like I'd say initially when I like got out of like when I walked out of court like, I had like family and stuff they were there mm. my mum was there um but because obviously like what had happened to me obviously like the abuse and stuff obviously mm. it was really out there mm. they actually um I was placed into because I was still under the age of 18 okay. I was placed into care oh okay but it wasn't it wasn't care like oh yeah you're gonna go to a children's home like Tracy Beaker or something like that it <laughs> yeah <was> like, <laughs> it was like um uh like a hostel okay so I was there but it was a hostel where there was always like some sort of support worker there was always okay. somebody on the premises yeah like there was cameras and everything okay yeah but it was a very strange feeling like being out after being locked up yeah like just like well for me it felt so long it was very I felt so overwhelmed yeah 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 I yeah I remember I couldn't even that. I couldn't even go and do shopping what was it because there was I like literally people or no I literally because um obviously being in there like because obviously it's children mm. a, a lot of things are done for you yes there's this um you have like a daily routine mm. like your meals and everything everything's just done for you right everything okay. is set in a certain mm. way like so obviously I had to move to this hostel mm. And I remember going to Sainsbury's and I could, I just couldn't even, I couldn't function properly. Like my mum had to like pick everything that I needed like for me because like my yeah. mind was just everywhere. Wow. I think I adapted so well to being inside. Yeah. It was just, yeah. No, that is... Again, it's mad how an event can just change things for you completely, isn't it? Yeah, really. So now I want to, because you're saying that it it didn't change things for you. So how long would you say that you were still 
it's the long road because that's basically kind of what it was yeah like how I was on, on that? I was on I was I was on 110 percent smoke like <laughs> I <laughs> I like I feel like even being in there didn't really I'd think because obviously I was around people that had done more serious crimes okay so I kind of was like I don't know not like oh I need to step it up but like I was still in survival mode Mm -hmm. because obviously I was like legally in care but I was on my own because obviously I was living in the hostel yeah um I my I say my crimes it just escalated why do you think that that was um okay well I say initially um because you know I said that I lost a lot of weight Mm -hmm. so I was quite slim and obviously I was I was very big before Mm -hmm. so the the clothes that I did have and I didn't have many I had like when I left um the the kiddie prison um Mm -hmm. I had literally like a clear bag with all my belongings in it yeah one bag and I had like maybe two outfits and two pairs of shoes okay so and I remember I said like um to my social worker I said oh you know I need clothes um I've lost a lot of weight my you know my stuff is mask my, my clothes used to just hang off of me and that was just yeah. I was just like a tramp like, yeah yeah like it was crazy and my my solicitor actually said no we can't help you with that but yeah. I used to get um yeah I used to get uh, like fifty pounds a week to live on. In London, <laughs> what? Yeah, I used to get fifty pounds a week to live on, and that had to buy my food, toiletries, obviously, and like clothes and shoes. So obviously, what can you really once you've bought your necessities? What can you really buy with that? Not a lot. Not so a lot. that's when I started to shoplift. Like I was, okay. I was really stealing from shops. Mm, mm. But I started to really shoplift for the things that I needed. So I would go into the shops. I'll put on the clothes hmm. underneath the clothes that I already had on or put it in my bag. And yeah, that was it. I mean, simple things, really. I mean, if they're not giving you a lot of money, then what are you supposed yeah. to do? Yeah, and I, and I got caught for that as well. What happened when you got caught for that? Um, so I got caught in a TK Maxx mm-hmm. with um, my friend. Obviously, we was both doing it. Yeah. And they'd seen us on the cameras. We thought we were slick. Yeah, they haven't. They haven't clocked us or not anything. Mm. Started trying to like leave the shop. Bag full of like my handbag was full of clothes. Mm. Um, then I got grabbed. And I tried to get away. But because I felt like the guy obviously grabbed me, mm. I was straight obviously on the defense, like yeah. grabbing. Yeah. So obviously yeah. I was I was like trying to fight the man I was kicking. Like he even looked shocked because obviously looking at me, you don't think that I'm strong, I was very slim, you know. Mm. Um, so yeah, obviously I was dragged into like they have like a side room. Um, at first tried to deny it and then had to empty the bags it all came out and yeah police called um at that point 
because I was 17 mm. I didn't um need an adult or anything so it was very in and out kind of situation right um obviously when I was asked about it by like my social worker and because I, I used to have a key worker as well and um, that would support me um they used to uh, like ask me like why did you do that and I said well basically I asked you know my social worker mm. um if you know for some money for clothes or something and they said no so I I went out and I took what I needed I mean that's a logical reason it you was logical I mean? for me yeah yeah it was but people don't really this is the thing this is the reason kind of why I wanted to speak and understand your experiences because people will just look at things from for face value and not really understand the depths of all the the yeah. backstory as to why certain 100%. things are happening so yeah. you know it is it's it's definitely good to to get this kind of story out because it kind of teaches people as well don't just be judging people like definitely yeah, don't just be judging definitely. people because you you don't know what's going you never on know. yeah because like something as deep as what you've been telling me today or you know the intricacies of what you've been telling me today there's no way that I'd be able to know that do you yeah. know what I mean yeah so it's it's unfair to kind of judge somebody um yeah definitely. without without knowing any kind of facts as to what's going on with them or you know any, any yeah. anything broader about what that situation so so um what I do want to know is because we've spoken you know at length about the the trauma that you've been through and the yeah. effects of that trauma that you've been through mm-hmm. what I am interested to understand is how you've overcome that so um you know I understand that you know certain things that happen in your life they will they will stick with you forever you know and it's it's not like a quick fix to certain things you know it takes time to yeah even understand what you're feeling never mind fix something or change sorry change how you're feeling about something so can you like tell me a bit more about that point when you were like I ain't doing this anymore so not necessarily just with regards to like the shoplifting or you know anything else that you've mentioned but okay you kind of taking control you taking back control of your life and being like I'm gonna move on from this if if that if that did happen yeah okay so obviously after the shoplifting um I actually started getting into fraud okay so like I would go into uh, you know like phone shops and yeah obviously I used to work for somebody like he was a lot older Mm. way older um Mm. and he would give me you know whatever I needed to go and commit the fraud um, to get phones Mm -hmm. so that's why I used to do it like it was in like a nine-to-five job okay every day so um that obviously it came to a head when I actually got caught um Mm. in an area called Hastings and the obviously I was arrested uh went to court um I was actually looking at prison time oh wow but I don't know what happened but there was a note um to say that I can't basically she has to be given a community order 
Okay. And luckily, because of my age, I was still 17. I had I wasn't actually a legally adult yet. So mm-hmm. obviously that went in my favour as well. Okay. Um, but I did get a lengthy community order, so mm. like probation kind of thing. Okay. Um shortly after that, I didn't stop. Mm. Even though I got called, I didn't stop, I continued. Um, then I actually fell pregnant with my son. Mm-hmm. And from that moment, I said no more. Yeah. Like I said, no, like I'm done. Because then I realised like I had something to live for. Because mm. up wow. until that point, because I, I always used to say it to people, I said, I've got nothing to lose. I don't care. It doesn't yeah. really matter. Like what I do, where I end up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I remember, obviously, when I found out and I made my decision mm-hmm. um, that I was going to keep my son um, mm-hmm. I called up the guy that I used to work for and I said I'm done I'm out mm. um, wow yeah and then I see I just bit by bit I changed my life around so and from that point up to, yeah I haven't mm. looked back that's that's mad and do you know what so many people have said obviously not on the same kind of grand scale as what's happened with you but so many people have said like whenever they find out that they're pregnant like a yeah. switch like it's just like yeah, it literally it was like a light bulb really literally. wow, wow. I can't I can't live this life and I always say up into this day if it wasn't you know for me having my son Mm-hmm. if I like if I didn't have my son that I would either be dead or in prison wow just because of the lifestyle that I was yeah. living wow that's deep so, that's intense yeah, that, <laughs> yeah it just changed um changed my life completely for the better so were there any kind of steps that you took um so when I say steps I don't mean like you know step one go to the gym or do you know what I mean I don't mean like that yeah. but like were there was there anything that you you worked on yourself to maybe get work through the feelings that you had before about like what had happened to you so like the anger for example or did that just kind of disappear once you had found out that you were pregnant um no it didn't disappear the anger it stayed with me for a long time yeah it stayed with me for a long time but I would say I really just focused on being a mum yeah Um, I just put all like my energy into my son being a mum and just living a normal life yeah you know just having you know making my home nice and you know Mm -hmm. preparing for my son to be there and stuff Um, yeah I um obviously I was told like like over time my mum mum used to say um like you know you need to talk through this you need to get some counselling she really used to try and push me to go mm. in but I was still like no I don't need counselling what do I need counselling for I've got my weed and I can just yeah just, like just block that was my thing to just block yeah block it out just block it out um and. Yeah, like I did have a little bit of counselling, but it didn't really work out for me. Um, but I would say I what I did do, and I'll say especially when I was in like the kids' prison, mm. I was praying a lot. Um, okay. And just obviously building up my relationship 
with God. Yeah. Because I'd say, like, from a little girl, I was always raised, like, you know, as a Christian in the church. Yeah. Um, I actually got saved, I'd say I was about maybe seven years old. Okay. Yeah. So um, I've always kind of, it's always been there, but obviously through so much that had happened, I kind of just let the relationship with God just completely disappear. Mm. So obviously I'd say that helps, like, getting closer to God and stuff, um, I would say really helped me. Did you find that it brought you comfort when you were in? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. That's good, because from what I'm hearing, like, it just initially, again, from face value, so I'm doing the judging and I shouldn't be doing it. But from what you're telling me, it just sounds like hard body, tough bread back, like tough just yeah. everything just tough but to yeah. hear that you know that there was a part of you that need, still needed that comfort and you identified yeah. that you still needed that comfort is yeah. is really kind of it's heartwarming to yeah. to know that you know you still you still knew what you needed yeah you know? And at the t- obviously at the time I didn't know that I needed that because I was okay. still just you know toughing it out. No, yeah, I'm a bad girl. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. No, that's. I mean, it's good that you still had that that side that was just personal to you. So maybe mm. it's not. Maybe it's not the comfort thing. Maybe it's the fact that you just had something that was just personal to you, you yeah. and God. Nobody else had any yeah. kind of influence on that. Nobody else had any input on that. It's just you talking to God. Yeah. So I can understand how that would, you know, help and, like I say, bring bring comfort in the situation that you're in because it's 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 not an everyday situation that you've been in. And yeah. How do you feel like, do you feel like just because you've kind of pushed yourself to strong arm everything, since you were younger that you are maybe strong arming the feelings that might be associated with what had happened when you were younger um so I mean like now for example how like how do you feel now like when when you think about um, this kind of stuff how do you feel now I don't know like I feel Obviously, it's a very, like, sad thing. It's very traumatic um, things that happened. Um, A lot I went through at such a young age. Mm. Um, I'd say I feel blessed that I'm here now. Yeah. Um, You know, because I just thought... There was times, like, I just felt like giving up. Yeah. Like, like, there has, like, been times that I've actually tried to take my life. Wow. Okay. That it was that serious because I just yeah. thought what's the point of me yeah being here yeah but I really had to kind of just dig deep and just yeah. pray and stuff and I would say my mum helped me because my mum she's a very like strong woman yeah like even throughout this she's always raised me to be strong mm. um and just you know just keep pushing on and you know, when all else fails, just talk to God. Yeah. 
do you feel like your mum was a massive support maybe later down the line or yeah mm. I would say that because I feel like um like with me and my mum because our relationship was destroyed because of what happened mm-hmm. um we had to like build up you know our relationship again mm. and I'd say now it's stronger than than ever wow that's so nice to hear though I love it I love a mummy and daughter's um, relationship <laughs> I love it I love it oh gosh so now that you know we've, we've kind of established that you've you've overcome the kind of thoughts and feelings that you that you had previously would I be right in saying that before I assume I'd say I, I, I've overcome it um like the worst of it okay but I'd, obviously um it has still has left me with like scars and stuff like that mm. um like I'd say maybe two two to three years ago mm-hmm. um I was diagnosed with PTSD okay um obviously up until that point it was always oh you've got um depression anxiety yeah um, that obviously that's just always been a thing in my life um mm. until I started to really open up like to the therapist and say no this is what's going on for me they're like no actually hang on yes there's anxiety and depression but it's also PTSD. yeah yeah so and then obviously I had some like therapy special therapy designed to treat the PTSD okay so are you still doing that now or was that no a couple of years the, still the couple of years ago um I had this was actually recent I'll say maybe not last year but the year before okay and how I did, did you that find that treatment. really good I mean it was okay. hard um actually doing it but mm. the the benefits it's completely worth it because it's not really? like you just talk, sit there and just talk to somebody for like yeah. an hour it's called EDMR and basically okay. it um like with trauma it mm. um what happens is um your brain basically doesn't process the traumatic um experiences mm. So um, what happens is because it's unprocessed, mm. you'll have flashbacks, nightmares, oh, wow. okay. or you can be triggered by like maybe something, anything could be on the TV, yeah. something somebody says, does, anything. Yeah. And obviously part of that is not, the scary thing is not knowing what's going to trigger you. Yeah. What happens. Yeah. So through the therapy, they basically had to get me to talk about the most traumatic memories Mm. um so they helped me to reprocess it okay so yeah I found that really good wow okay and did you get that through your GP or was that something Um, that you sought out yourself I sought it out myself because like um it's like through the NHS but you can self-refer okay yeah so I self like referred myself Okay, so was this after you were diagnosed with PTSD? Um, no, so okay. Obviously, I had approached the service because I was so, I was so tired of just 
struggling like with my mental health and yeah I just wanted like a change I just wanted to just be better like yeah I didn't want to be just always just you know dwelling on the past and just using like like weed or alcohol to just block things out I just wanted to be free completely yeah. free from all of that so yeah I approached the service and that's when I'm I was diagnosed okay yeah Wow, I could imagine that was was that a bit of a shock when they told you that you had that, it or was, was it? Yeah, it was a shock because I just thought, like, okay, what is this now? Because all I've known is anxiety, depression, mm. yeah, and, you know, having panic attacks and kinds of things. Yeah. Oh my gosh, what is this now? Like, yeah, I was really thrown off. Yeah. Until I had my first session with my therapist and she kind of she really broke down what PTSD is okay and the only simple way to explain it is that basically it's it's a it's a normal reaction to something abnormal happening to you yeah so yeah number C she really explained it like she showed me videos diagrams of the brain and stuff and oh wow parts of the brain it affects and stuff yeah. like that so that really helped me that's really good like for somebody yeah. to because I don't know if you find it but I find that when it comes to mental health people kind of baby people sometimes like oh you've yeah. got you've got this no oh, no mm. yeah Do you know what I mean but if you're speaking matter of fact and educating the yeah. else on it I feel like that would help you a lot more to kind of come to terms with okay this is what I, this is what I have and this is how yeah. I'm gonna manage it so that's that's really good of her like very good very good therapist that's really good yeah it was really yeah. good so you went through you 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 did your your sessions with your therapist um yeah. and you said that that was last year the year or the year before did you say sorry sorry not last year the year before yeah so before how the, the pandemic oh, okay so how do you feel you have managed that part of your life after you had those sessions and or, or have to after you've even been diagnosed with with PTSD how do you feel like you're managing yourself now um I manage um I don't know like it's kind of strange because like even though all that stuff has happened to me it just seems like like really like because I've done such a like a big change Mm. a big like turnaround it just Mm -hmm. feels like wow like even like as I've like been talking about it with you yeah like really like <laughs> like did that yeah. actually happen <laughs> yeah like it's, but I see I still see it as um even though it's something bad mm. um I have strength from it yeah because I just know that you know I could have gone down another path like I could have yeah. said you know the wrong path but mm. actually no I'm I'm doing I'm doing all right I'm yeah man you're here, here. <laughs> yeah big and bad yeah man that's good <laughs> like yeah. from this whole story I'm I have to say I'm so proud of you because you. you know to be that strong in such a such a shit situation it takes mm. like a real a real 
tough girl to do to do that and get through that so yeah. you know I'm I'm proud of you because to hear that somebody's gone through something like that is heartbreaking but yeah. to see you on the other side like I see you happy like on social media and stuff and you know you've got, yeah. you've got your really beautiful son and everything you're happy you. do you know what I mean so I'm I'm happy that you're happy so yeah I'm, I'm glad that you've you've come out on the other side and the way I see it is like you know I didn't go through all of that just to give up yeah man life. I like that that's what I'd think yeah like there's no way it's like I'm going down without a fight that's that, yeah. that is my outlook that's good though that's that's a fighter in you do you know what I mean so like yeah. a fighter doesn't necessarily have to be the one that's fighting people a fighter is the one that's yeah. you know I'm gonna make sure that I'm living and I'm and my life is is gonna be worth living and all that kind of stuff so more power to you yeah because you, you've had a life you've had a life yeah you know what I mean? so, <laughs> yeah so yeah wow this is this has been a a real heavy conversation hasn't it very <laughs> but you know very. what I'm so glad that I spoke to you today like genuinely I'm so so glad that I've heard your story and you know heard firsthand how you've overcome things and 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 how you you know how you're managing things and, and the feelings that have come from what's happened to you in the past so thank you yeah. so much for joining me on the call today on on the podcast right. today like it's 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 been it's been a good chat it's been yeah, a good definitely. chat definitely definitely it's been good for me yeah I'd say because they're like years ago like there's no way I would have been able to speak about all of this really without being in a complete state really yeah see and look at that <laughs> like yeah. seriously even something like it might sound small to somebody else but if you can talk about something without it affecting yeah. you like emotionally like you know you might start crying or you might get angry at something that yeah. is that is a next level of growth and that's a next yeah. level of of everything like that's that's amazing that's yeah. amazing so it you should really be is like all the love to you you know thank you everything everything is gonna keep on going well for you I can I can tell because you know <laughs> you know it's 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 gonna be all good I'm just getting all gushy now because I just feel like oh my yeah. god I'm so proud of her <laughs> I'm so proud of thank her <laughs> but no thank you again so so it's much not... for for joining me on the show um yeah thank you like I hope that anyone that hears this, um, I don't know, it can be an inspiration. Um, Definitely. To, yeah. Definitely. Talk if something, like, is not right or, like, just yeah. talk. Talk to somebody. 100%. Yeah, definitely. That's that's definitely what's needed, isn't it? Because yeah. if you hold it all in, then it'll come out a different way. Yeah, it? exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, right. Well, again, thank you so much for joining me on the call today. Um, And you take care of yourself. We will be talking again soon. But again, thank you so much. And again, all the love to you. Thank you so much, Solana.